Thank you for tuning in to Nightlock Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to Nightlock. This is the podcast dedicated to the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. My name is Matt. And I'm Kira. And we are your hosts for this podcast. So, um, recently, if you guys uh, were experiencing the snowstorm, we had it uh, a few weeks ago, so we just wanted to make sure everyone's okay. And um, we lost power for eight days. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was a great experience. So, just wish everyone has their power back by now and that you're all safe. And um, just everyone's okay. So... Thanks for, uh, if you guys have power, thanks for listening to us right now. So, uh, today's show includes, uh, we're focusing a lot on Jackie Emerson. we got some really fun stuff for you guys today about Jackie. Um, so, also we have Panna Post, Through the Eyes of Katniss Everdeen, with chapters 14 to 15, and um, our favorite Matt Smaldi's music. But we also have a really big surprise for you guys today. So, um, we're going to save that while we get more into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, also, main thing, we are starting to work with Squarespace.com. They are web. They are a website that helps you. It's like a website builder. Yeah. It's um. It's it a helps very... you construct your website. So we're kind of trying to um get more advanced as uh, we've been trying to get more business like. So um we're starting to construct this new website and it's still under construction, but um yeah so that will be coming along um next couple weeks. So the um. So, and it's really cool. Like, I started to um, kind of do this, I don't know, like a week ago or so. And um, so I don't, I'm not, you know, professional at this, obviously. So I was kind of playing around with it, and I couldn't figure out how to do subtabs. And so um, I messaged them, like, their help center. And within 10 minutes, they responded back to me. Really? And I was like, and I think it was like 7 at night or something. So it's like round the clock. It's just it's really cool how um how professional they are and how easy it is to maneuver around and have a professional site. And it was even um when we were on the conference call with um person the person who focuses on advertising with podcasts and everything. He was very knowledgeable and he was very helpful with getting us into um advertising and he was just absolutely fantastic. So he gave our listeners a sweet deal that if you guys want to construct your own websites like ours, um, if you want to construct your own websites like ours, um, you can go to squarespace.com slash nightlock. And if you type in the promotion code nightlock11, you can get 20% off and everything. So that's nightlock11. And it's 12 bucks a month. You get a week for a free trial. And um, after I think it's two weeks, I believe. I thought two weeks. I don't know. I, I think it's fourteen days, two weeks. So um, if you guys continue, if you take the trial and you feel that you really like the site, it's really helpful, and you want to continue with it, then um, you just sign up, pay the twelve bucks, and you get a twenty percent off discount with the promotional code. Right. And but that's you, for yeah, this month. And to use that, you go to squarespace.com/nightlock. And, so. and if the, you have any questions, just email us. You and know. the promotion. Code is Nightlock11. So yeah, so, so check of, it out. As of now, the web, we're still working on the, our website. So everything that on today's episode will still be posted on our original website, Nightlock.weebly.com. Don't right. get those two mixed up. So we're gonna be focusing. We're gonna just uh, once we fo- uh, move everything over to the new website, 
we'll let you guys know. So, and then the Weebly website will just um, we'll close. Well, it off. just no, just stay there. Just but, stay there. You okay. Know. In case something happens, we need to well, because people it. that listen to old episodes will probably still go there. Right. But we'll have on the main page we have a new website. But enough about that. So. Um, now we can move on to Kira with our Panem Post. So Panem Post news is brought to you by the Hunger Games fan sites HungerGamesMovie.org and HGGirlOnFire.com, where you can get up-to-the-date news coverage about the fandom, especially the upcoming Hunger Games movie. So a very exciting news bit is that Jackie and Dio hosted a live online chat, and for those of you that don't know, they play Foxface and Thresh. Um... So it was really cool to um, – I was there in the chat, and um, so were some other people that I recognized from um, either listeners of ours or um, other hosts or, you know, people we've connected up with in the fandom. And um, so it was it was really cool. Um, we got to have some of our questions answered, and I know a lot of – they answered a lot of questions. I have to say probably I would say 60 to 70 percent of the questions wow. asked. So that was a lot, and at the height of the video, there was like 180 listeners or so, or sorry, I'm so used to saying listeners, um, viewers. <laughs> viewers. Um, right, new word for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool. So we can play you a clip of some of the questions we asked. It's I didn't get about, all of them. It's just about 30 seconds, and um, uh, Kira asked these questions, and Jackie, Jackie actually answered them. And so, Daya was there too, kind of. It was actually, it was really cool, and we're really big fans of Jackie. So, oh yes. Um, here's here My we're just gonna model. we're just gonna play the clips, and so it's just really nice to hear these questions and see oh, that yeah. she actually answered them. Okay, have I listened to any Hunger Games podcasts? Yes, I have. And podcasts have I listened to? Okay, I listened to a lot in the beginning, but recently I haven't been able to because of um, you know school and everything has been really stressful. So I'm really sorry about that, but I'm going to try and start listening again. Definitely. Um, if you had listened to Hunger Games podcasts, which ones and would you want to be on one? Oh, I'm not sure which ones I've listened oh, the fireside to. fireside ones? You mean the fireside chats? Those are so cool. I know. I used to listen to those. It yeah. Really me too. Okay. So... Just again, cool shout out. Re- really cool. Yeah, so they know about the Hunger Games podcast community and all that. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. That what? It's supposed to do that. It's not supposed to make it click like that. Sorry. God damn. Okay. I, I turned it um, off. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Continue. Um, just keep talking. Anyway, so that was pretty cool. And um, some highlights were that it was Amandala's birthday when they recorded. So happy belated birthday, Amandala. Um, yes. And um, Jackie likes reading just as much as we do. Um, and what? Okay, that's a great... I know, I'm a geek. What can I say? Um, yeah, so that's, that's about it. But, um, yeah. That's okay. cool. Cool. Um, our next news bit is that official character posters have been released. You can find them on our website, nightlock.weebly.com, under the tab, under the tab, District 10, photos. Um, so, what are your reactions to this? Like, which is your favorite? Um, it's really hard to pick a favorite because... Again, of what I was thinking, I was looking at these. I said they're all very clean cut. Yeah. We're talking about that, and you really don't see that, like, see the like roughness in them, and especially Gale. Gale. I was like, Gale cannot be clean. I don't <laughs> think we'll, we ever see him clean in the no. books. So. And so, what really sparked my interest was that um, Katniss. They're all facing a different way. Than the Katniss, left. They're Katniss all facing towards the left. Is facing the right. Right. And what do you think the significance behind that is? I feel like it makes her stand out because everyone's looking one direction, and then it's like, oh, wait, wait, what? what is this one that's looking on the right? 
So right. I guess that's the only trick. Maybe, I mean, uh, maybe she's like, if they're in a line, she's facing towards them. Maybe, yeah. And like, she's like, because those are people that are partnering with her throughout the entire yeah. series. Throughout the entire series. Or we're looking too deep into it, you know. We could just be overanalyzing. Maybe they're just looking the other we way. We could just be overanalyzing it. I, I mean, mean, basically this whole podcast is analyzing, so, you know. We gotta analyze everything, so. Right. So, I would have to say my favorite is probably Effie. Yes. I think she, she looks just really good. Kind her. of the added on um, the pink spark and um I thought that was it kind of it was the one that stand, stood out the most. And um I think the other one that stood out the most other than Katniss, you know, that's obviously always going to stand out. Um I thought maybe Rue because she's everyone else is looking straight ahead and, she and she's looking down. down. Right. And, it shows her um, innocence, innocence. Yeah. yeah. And then she she's not as mature and all that. And um so I thought they were all professionally done and looks good just like um the how clear she was i was kind of like right. you know how her complexion and not just katniss's but everyone's that she should have had like dirt on her face and everything and, i like, think that they scratches. captured they captured effie's style yeah like, with definitely like with the capital and theme, even cinna like they yeah. definitely like um, didn't picture Lenny Kravitz look like that here, did you yeah like this is the first time we're glimpsing into these characters because they're um, you know, their appearance is really everything. It's your first, um, initial, like, reaction to them, and, um, so I thought it's interesting to kind of see where the movie's going with this. Is it going to be like the books? Is it going to kind of veer off? Is it, you know, I'm, so far we've had every single kind of point in the direction of it's going to be as close to the books as it can, which I think is good for, um, so far the fans that, you know, we have. So, um, I thought it, it was good. Good. Definitely not disappointed. The um, one with Hamish. Now, did you picture him to have? Oh my gosh! That I forgot to mention this. The long. Oh, that's why, because I saw the quotes. I brought yeah. Up. Um, him with the long hair. No, and I like, thought because um, the actor Woody Harrelson who plays Hamish, um, has you know he's been bald in most of the movies he's been in and everything, and so I was like, oh, like at first I always pictured Hamish kind of like um a little bit longer than a buzz cut kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you pictured. Well, yeah, I think um, she had to have, like, a scruffy gray hair. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, maybe right. some some brown in it, maybe, or something. But, yeah, kind of scruffy gray looking. And because he's old. Right. Well, not old, but, like, he's, like, 50, I would say, I think. I, figure, I, I, forget, was I forget what number of Hunger Games he was in. He was in, oh, man. Wasn't he in the 20, 25th? I think so, because he was in the quarter quarter. Uh, if we... No, 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 the 50th. Right? Oh, shoot. We're going to get so many emails about this now. I'm sorry. Guys, I can't remember. <laughs> Email in it's because you don't it's remember. It's probably mentioned in the second book or the third book. And yeah, I so we, maybe we don't know anyway. Maybe we shouldn't know because we don't talk about this Or maybe we're books. just trying to think that we know and it was never mentioned. It was, I think it, it was mentioned. It was okay. one of the quarter quarterquiles. It's either 25th or 50th, but right. whatever. Um, so, yeah, because he's, like, drunk and he, out of all of them, he should not look clean. His hair is way too clean. It's way too luscious. It I mean, cannot be obviously luscious. Obviously, probably just how the pictures are taken. I don't obviously know. Obviously, in the movie, they're going to be more dirty. Yeah, like, I you sure hope so. looks like in the pictures. I do like his little beard action. That's It's a nice touch. <laughs> but um, anyway, so they got the hair idea from Woody Harrelson's brother. And there's a quote here from Woody saying, I saw my brother when I was trying to come up with the best look. And that's my brother's hair, you know. I mean, not literally, he laughed. But that's his look. So, yeah, I thought that's perfect. So, they, I guess the director or the makeup and hair um, crew saw Woody's brother or whatever. Woody brought it up. 
and was like, you know, this might work for Hamish, and because they look alike, you know, they knew it would work on his complexion and everything. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of weird that they, a lot of weird things in this fandom so far, just kind of loose ends and, like, we'll different see, approaches. We'll have to see when the movie comes out, because that's just... Yeah, it, it is weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, overall, posters, I would give them an A. A minus. I give them, yeah, if you rated each one individually, it'd be different, but yeah. in general, I'd give them around that. Did we say what, which is our least favorite? No. No. Probably, I would say the Haymitch one, just because that's not who I pictured. I don't have a least favorite. You don't have, they're all great. <laughs> I, yes. All they right. are, like. That's good to say sometimes. It's really, they really casted this group. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. Perfect. Yeah. I could never I mean, going that. back to our casting episode, I think there was only one person that I said I would have liked instead of this actor. They were all backup. Because right. on our casting episode, we chose backups yeah. for if the um, the actor couldn't play the role, who would we want to play instead? But besides that, I think they did an excellent job. And yeah. was, Suzanne was probably there with the casting crew. Oh as yeah, well. because she she so has she... a quote saying about Josh when they cast Josh. A lot of the fandom was like, he's not blonde, he's not this, he's not tall, he's not that. And she was saying, um, I would have cast him if he if he had. I think it was like blue or purple skin and wings or something. <laughs> Just showing that it doesn't matter what he looks like. The makeup and hair can, you know. I mean, look at how Jennifer Lawrence became... Katniss. No, not Katniss, but um, that other movie she was in, the um, the What's X-Men. The oh, yeah. How X-Men. they turned... I mean, it's crazy. They can take someone that, you know, like it's whatever, completely different. Right, so I wouldn't worry about that. Can go on. So... Our last bit of news is that Amandala, who plays Rue, was quoted saying she sings, not whistles, her tune. Um, and she's referring to the um, tune that her and Katniss used to communicate and tell each other um, they're both fine. And remember, this tune was used when Rue was in uh, District 11 to signal a day's end of work. Yes, that was her um, role in the district. And um, so... And we also thought we heard this whistle at the end of the teaser trailer. And yeah. Lionsgate confirmed that it was the whistle. So it's kind of weird that she's saying she's going to sing this, but yet we still have a whistle. So I guess maybe they'll do both, or, like, singing is going to be the main way of communicating. I don't know. I mean, obviously, because the singing is different from whistling, maybe you can get a better quality of, mute, like, tone quality when you're singing. Or it just, maybe Rue can't, maybe Rue sounds better when she's singing. Maybe. Than whistling. Because our, they can go by the book, but also it has to go by what the actor or actress can do. Yeah, but you can have, like, voiceovers and all that. Like Yeah, that's true as well. Because I, I'm pretty sure, like, it's not that hard to fake a whistle. Like, you could just purse your lips together and then have someone else do it in the recording studio. And I feel like this is going to impact her relationship with Katniss and how it is portrayed on screen because this whole whistle is that it blends into the surroundings because it's like oh it's probably just a bird you know how in like movies they have like oh I'll owl hoot you when like something happens <laughs> like same thing for here it just blends into the surroundings there's a reason that people don't say oh I'll sing you this tune when it happens you <laughs> right, know yeah so um and I don't know so I, I guess they might have both in there but I'm just kind of confused as to why how this benefits the movie. Why couldn't they just keep it as a whistle? I don't know. Because um, I feel like it's more iconic if they have it as a whistle. Right. Because that, it's like, oh, there's always singing in movies. But how often is there whistling? Like, you know? Maybe you should do some singing and some whistling. Or Hopefully, yeah. Or a combination of both. So, we'll see. Yeah. We'll have to wait. Good job here on the um, pen and post. Yeah. So, so, 
Now we move on to, um, we, this is a surprise for you guys. Uh, if you guys know who Lois Gresh is, she writes companion novels. And a companion novel is sort of like an, um, the author's insights into a specific background book. Information. Background information. So, um, it's kind of like almost, I want to say, a podcast in book form because right. all the um, kind of like, um, what do we do? You know, <laughs> insights and analysis. And, all that stuff. Yeah, so all that kind of things, like speculation, it's all kind of written and structured. We kind of just throw it out there and kind of discuss it. But, um, so, yeah. So, I got to interview her, which is very exciting. It was really Lois Gresh was. Um, thank you so much for, um, you know, responding to the emails and the interviews. And it's so cool because, you know, we're just starting out with this podcast and we're just normal teens, you know. And to be able to, like, talk to an author, I mean, that's just – I've always admired authors. You know, I'm such a book nerd and everything. And um, it's so cool to kind of see, like, how they think and how they kind of plan things out. And this isn't a novel, but she has written novels before. So it's just I was a little bit starstruck, but um. Yeah. So here's just some background information on her. She's a six times New York best-selling author, and um, her books have been published in about 20 languages. And so the Hunger Games companion includes background information about the action in all three books, a biography of Suzanne Collins, and insights into the series. So what we're gonna do right now is that I'm gonna ask the questions that Kira asked to Lois. And Kira's going to answer what Lois had said. So I'm just um, going to read what she said, just, you know. And all these questions will be available on a website, nightlock.weebly.com. And this isn't the whole interview. This no. is just pieces of it, right. um, time-wise. So if you want to read the whole thing, again, you can go to our website. And also, they're going to be on our affiliate websites, which we, again, will plug at the end of the show. So, so. thank you again, Lois, for doing this for us. It means so much. So here we go. Uh, one of the first questions Kira asked was uh, what can we as readers expect from the Hunger Games Companion? To open discussion among fans, the Hunger Games Companion offers opinions about matters relating to the characters, their relationship, and the storylines. For example, the Hunger Games Companion discusses why Katniss... Oh, wait. I just realized something. We, oh, 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 my gosh. So, as you guys know, we don't give away anything in the second and third book. And oh. I feel like we should stick by this. Damn. So, um, okay. <laughs> I right. forgot. I was going to go through this and just pick out the stuff from the first book. Um, okay, so go up. I'll just kind of filter as I talk. So, okay, so I'm not going to read this word for word. Um, so if you've read all three books, then you can go on the websites again. Sorry. Um, okay, so one of the um, things that the Hunger Games Companion discusses is um, – does it make sense in the context of her personality in both The Hunger Games and Catching Fire of... Oh, man, this, like, this isn't going to make any sense. All right, so just saying, does it make sense in her constant personality for her to be suicidal? Okay. Just simple as that. All right. Because that's um, what In I'm the first thinking. two books. And if so, and why? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to skip no, that. I can't do that. Um, okay, yeah. so I even tell you if I think Katniss chooses the right guy and why, because obviously at the end of the series she's going to pick someone. Um... Okay, so this is good. Yeah. Um, and I speculate about how the post-apocalyptic world of the Hunger Games might have happened, whether it could have happened in real life, or whether Hunger Games mentality could take over and destroy our children's lives in the real world. Wow. Um, can I just side note on that? This is me yeah. talking now. Um, that's really cool. I can't wait to read that part. <laughs> um, I think we've kind of talked about that a little bit. We haven't gotten to, like into it a lot. It's I think just, we've touched such, on it. It's such a difficult I feel like topic we could have a whole... Really 
episode on that. It's really hard to do, and personally, I think it would be better if we had another guest host on with us to talk about it. Because it makes so much better insight. We have such mm-hmm. a better discussion because you and me can kind of get kind of boring talking about this same exact thing. So it makes much more sense if we had someone here with us. All right, yeah. continue. So also, uh, another side note is um, she does a lot on, like, science, and she's big, big, big science, the Ooh, author. I like so, her. So, um, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> you know, you should definitely look into her. Um, so just kind of keeping that in mind while I read this section. Um, this is a quote from her. Also, readers will find plenty of information about the subjects reigning – ranging from repressive regimes regimes, like the capital to dehumanization the end of our privacy the gladiators and tributes of panem the use of hunger as control freak mechanism how mutations mutations no they're mutations mutations okay i don't know this i think it's pronounced differently in the series um might be created and much more um in short readers can expect interesting and thought-provoking questions about all things Hunger Games. Everything from tributes, mutations, the arena, the psychopathic personalities of President Snow and another president, and of course details about key characters such as Katniss, Peeta, Gale, um, Rue, Primrose, even Buttercup, and characters from the second book. Um, so that was one question. Good job filtering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What aspect of the Hunger Games companion do you think readers will be most excited about? I suspect readers will be excited a lot about a lot of the material in The Hunger Games Companion. For those who want to know more about The Hunger Games characters, the Companion's analysis of their personalities, motivation, decisions, and relationship might prove most interesting. For readers fascinated by the mutations, The Hunger Games Companion provides information on how the mutts might actually be created in real life. This was the science I was talking about before. I thought it was right. the other one. Um, for readers interested in all the weird science in the Hunger Games books, I speculate how the science might, or actually does, work. For those who find Effie, Flickerman, and all the stylists interesting, the Hunger Games Companion talks about how the Hunger Games reflects our modern obsession with fashion, style, hair, plastic surgery, self-indulgence, reality, and reality television. That makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your inspirations for writing? I do want readers to think about basic human emotions such as kindness, evil, greed, jealousy, the struggle most of us share and try to become better people. But I also want to entertain readers. That's very important. In short, I want to tell a good story that also makes readers thinking about what it means to be human. I constantly observe people, motivations, mannerisms, behaviors, interactions, expressions, actions. I constantly wonder what makes people tick, why bullies are mean, for example, or why someone in great physical pain can ignore it sufficiently to function. How do different people handle emotions and conflicts? I also read an enormous amount of read both fiction... Read. Read. What did I say? Read? read. I also read an enormous amount of both fiction and nonfiction, and many subjects fascinate me. To write fiction, bits and pieces from all these observations, experiences, and thoughts somehow gurgle up from the back of my brain and... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, authors using big words on me. Col- something into something new. Oh, <laughs> ideas bring, ideas spring out of nowhere, but they're based on tidbits, mirroring like a puzzle in merging, a new form. Merging, merging. like, why did it, you should have read it. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, um, thank you, Lois, so much again. Uh, if you guys want to see all the full questions, there's probably about six of them. Just go into our website, nylockedweebly.com. And we kind of just picked stuff that, um, 
um, that talked about the Hungarian's Companion that focused on that. And obviously, a little the last question was not on the Hungarian's Companion. But we also asked her about her other work, too. So, um, yeah, you can look at that. Um, something else that is even more exciting. This is, this is probably the first time we're doing this, guys. So, it's a contest. Contest, Woo! contest. We need music for that. Oh, well. I was thinking about that. I was just yeah. thinking about, hmm. I was like, <laughs> we need a singer here. Um, okay, so, the contest. The pro- Should we say the prize first, or what they have to do? Well, that's <laughs> you go for oh, one I'm word, like, and then your lips I'm like, change. A minute. All right, um, we'll say... Oh, God, what they have to do We'll say first. what they have to do. Okay. It'll be more climatic that way. Okay, so, what you guys have to do is... Um, you guys can come up with a new segment for us. Right, so it can be anything. Oh, we have our original segments here. Remember, we have the analysis, our music, news, all the general stuff, right. and our fan fiction, which is a really different type of segment. So, if so you, we're looking for like different types of segments. Something original. If you guys like remember something from Smart Mouths that you want to like rearrange, yeah. something from MuggleCast or stuff like that. Or something you completely come up with yourself. That's probably yeah. the best. Right. Um, and the other... Um, also, one. I remember oh, I told okay. you guys I was thinking about doing a new name for Matt Smiley's music because it wasn't good. I didn't like the alliteration part. So Sorry. if you guys if you guys want to come up with another name for my segment, um, that will also help you contribute to the prize. And that's later on in the show. So right. if you need ideas for that, um, obviously keep listening and awesome. you'll hear the segment. So our prize, we do drum roll. Oh, I used to have one on my oh, iPod. I know. Dang. Sorry. So our prizes are we're going for. We're doing two prizes for the new segment name. So we're going to take two new segment ideas, right. and re- they're going to receive prizes. And so the two people that come up with the best segment names will received, receive each a signed copy by Lois Gresh herself of the Hunger Games Companion. Woo! So that is for to each, each one gets a book, for that's two winners, for the new segment. For my segment, for the new name, you will also receive the signed copy of the Lois Gresh Hunger Games Companion. And the way you will do that is that once we decide the winner, we will tell you you have one. You will send us back your address, and then to we'll our email, yeah, we'll email, email you, and then and then we'll send there. it to Loris, and she will send it to you. Yes. Simple as that. And she is so excited to do this. She really is loving the contest. Yeah, and her book is coming out very soon. I think it's when is this episode coming out? It's coming out the twelfth today. So um, her book is coming out the ninth. So it it is out. Um, so you can get that. It's on Amazon, too. Um, I guess we'll post the link to that. Where yeah, are we going to post the link? I don't know. You guys can just um, search. Yeah, Hunger I mean, Games it's Companion. on Amazon. The Hunger yeah. Games Companion. Um, so, yeah. And if you um, – this will all be posted. The contest will also be posted on our affiliate websites um, and Twitter and everything. So let your friends know about the contest and everything. And send in your submissions to us at nylockpodcast.gmail.com. Or Twitter. Any way you want to do it. That's the best way through our Gmail account. Um, and also, you can definitely send in more than one segment idea. It's There's no limit. Um, come up with as many as you want, as long as you, you know, put your name, just have your email address and your name on there so right. that we can contact you. Right, and make sure you guys label that which segment name is going for which, so you say, this is for the new segment, and then you'll say, then, this will be for Matt's segment. Yeah. So we can organize it. Um, this will probably run until next episode. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want it to run the whole time. I think... By our first December episode, it'll be over. So, like, just, it'll run through November. We don't have an actual deadline, but it's going to run all through November. So there's, you know, you still have half a month at this point, at least. It's very exciting, guys. This is the first time we're doing this type of contest. Because it's really hard to do this stuff because if we want to get prizes, it's like, how are we going to do it? So 
Lois is completely supportive. She's very cooperative with helping us with this. Yeah. And she's just been phenomenal. Pretty awesome. So okay. that's your contest. Remember, uh, a segment name, a new for segment, the music a segment. new segment, and then a new segment, and then a segment name for mine. Matt's Monty's music. So prizes are signed copy of Lois, Lois Grush's <laughs> Hunger Games Companion that will be sent to you guys. You guys send us your submissions at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, well, thank you, Matt, for summarizing that. <laughs> summarizing. <laughs> um, so our next segment, um, our main one here, is Through the Eyes of Katniss Everdeen. And so this segment analyzes the books by chapters. We summarize what happened in the chapter along with the interpretation of the characters along with the chapter, foreshadowing future events, and our thoughts, questions, comments. We bring up some speculation. You've heard this all before. Um, last episode, we discussed chapters 12 and 13. So today, we will continue with chapters 14 and 15. So Matt can take it away with chapter 14. Chapter 14. I know I'm talking a lot this episode, so you have to listen no, to No, it's me. good, because I'm usually taking the role, so the lead. Okay. So, chapter 14. We have to go back to chapter 13, where it started off with... Um, you mean ended. The sorry, chapter 13 sorry, ended. Sorry. It's, okay. it's a Monday. Sorry. Yes. So... You're not supposed, okay. One thing for podcasting, you never say what day it is. Okay, Because you never know when you're releasing. I mean, we know when we're releasing, but... Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Just a tip. Okay. You know, we're still learning. So, um, end of chapter 13, it is where uh, Katniss spots her. She goes, oh, hey, how are you doing? And so Rue... <laughs> spots her. Who's Rue, her? Rue, Rue, sp- spots Rue. And so Rue points up to something in the tree. And right. so at this point, in the opening chapter, Katniss is sit- laying there in her sleeping bag on the branch, trying to figure out what it is. She's thinking maybe it's a raccoon or a type of squirrel. But then she says, among the uh, quotes that she says, is that the, um, among the familiar evening sounds of the woods, my ears register a low hum. Then I know it's a wasp's nest. Dum, dum, dum. So, as of now, we don't know, like, the reader, all the reader knows that it's a wasp. We, we don't, don't really know, know specifically any or any details about it. Weird creatures at this point. And so the thing about this quote that attracted me, that got me, like, interested, was that the, the type of verbs that Suzanne uses. She says, instead of, like, my ears, like, just, like, hear a or little pick hum, up or, yeah, or something. She says, register, which means Katniss has a really good sense of hearing because of her hunting skills. She has really good percep- uh, perception of mm-hmm. these types of noises. And whenever she hears among the familiar sounds, uh, familiar evening sounds of the woods. So that means, like, she recognizes normal. all the normal stuff. And then this one thing is out of, like, out of whack in a sense. Right. So she, um, what she was thinking about, she goes, okay, this could be a wasp's nest. But then she remembers, all right, this is the Hunger Games. This is the arena. This is the capital. Ordinary isn't the norm. Right. So it's like, okay, well, obviously it's a wasp. It's a good quote. Ordinary isn't the norm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, all right, well, it has to be something else. So then she figures out that they're called, that um, they have to be tracker jackers. Right. And she gives the backstory behind them. She's saying on how they were factored uh, in the lab, manufactured in the lab during the stages of the rebellion. and they The were first s- rebellion. The first rebellion, and they were spread out throughout the entire nation of Panem. And, um... As the rebellion went over, the capital destroyed the nests um, throughout the throughout their area range of the capital. Right. And she says, um, the one she called they're called tracker jackers because she says these wasps will hunt down anyone who disturbs their nests and attempts to kill them, attempt to kill them. So that's why they're called tracker jackers. And it's like jacker right. jays, all that stuff. Yeah. Fucking gay. And um, I remember one of the first after the first day you read it or something. Um, we were playing a game or something, and you kept bringing up Tracker Jackers. You, like, have a thing for Tracker Jackers. Did I really? Yeah, we were playing badminton at your brother's party. 
And you kept bringing up Tracker Jackers. You're like, we should be called the Tracker Jackers. You don't remember that at all? I'm the one with a bad memory here. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> it was like last summer. It was I'm, only a couple months ago. I'm sorry. Okay. And so um, the, now that the Capra destroyed the WAPS... I can't talk! They destroyed the it's Tracker It's just this jack- one word you always mention. I, can, I always get this Wasp. One. Wasp and Tracker Jackers. Right. So, as much as you like them, you can't say their name. I, I don't even remember that. So, um, they she kind of describes on how the capital left them surrounding the outside districts. Right, they didn't. It's not an extinct species. Right, so they still exist. And she says um, another reason to keep keep inside the fence of District Twelve. So to keep them secluded, to keep them in prison. It's motivation to not run away, or you know, that's part of their tactic to. Um, keep control of the districts. That's one of the aspects. And she said whenever Gail and I came across them, we were just turning the opposite direction because you don't want to get involved with that. Can't mess with a tracker jacker. Exactly. And so she says that it's like they cause severe hallucinations, um, vomit. And Which we find out later on my chapter. Don't, okay. Don't foreshadow anything. Isn't so, that – that's part of our description oh of yeah, the sorry. thing, foreshadowing. <laughs> so um, <sighs> out of all this, I think it takes probably about five or – three or five minutes, and how she's going through this whole plan in my head, what she's going to do. Elaborate. Yes, and she says, I realize that the best chance I'll have to do the song without drawing notice would be during the anthem. So she figures that she has to get the careers out because they're stationed at the bottom of the tree trunk. Right, they're to- still waiting down right. there. She's up high, and they can't reach her because she's so light and everything. She's not as heavy as they are, so she can go on the higher branches. And so she figures, okay, and she thinks that the best way she can do is take her knife and saw the branch. So that it will fall on them and, you know. Yeah, exactly. And she figures this out and she goes, well, if I have to sew, create noise, I don't want to wake them up. So she says, I think the best thing we'll do is that play during the anthem because one, it'll give me a distraction that will hear me sawing. And two, it'll provide me some light. Right. Because remember, the big emblem shines in the sky. I forgot about that. I know the the pictures of the tributes that have just died will be on there, but I never noticed that the... the emblem signs. Oh, okay. And so... Um, and we've seen is... that emblem, sorry, we've seen this emblem um, through the capital.pn, so we can get a, you know, look into. Yeah. I, I assume so. that's going to be the official, I since think... it's on the official website. I think so. I don't know. Which is pretty cool. Like, you know, we haven't talked about that website in a while, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not much going on. Other yeah. Than all the districts are open, so. Yeah. Okay. This is one line, as she says it, um, obviously everyone's heard it before, and it's in so many movies. She says, it's now or never. So it's like now or never. it's like songs are on that. It's just a we should write a song now or never. No, um, <laughs> so as the as the anthem's playing and all the um, she's song she's song and everything, and then she realizes that she run out of time because the the sky's dark now and it's quiet. So she she's only three quarters of the way through song, so she decides that she has to give up right now and she can't do much. So she crawls back down into her branch with her sleeping bag, and she notices that there's a silver parachute on her sleeping bag. Hmm. So she thinks, oh, maybe he's from Paymage. He has not abandoned me. Not left me defend entirely. I mean, who else would it be from? Not not left me defend entirely for myself. So she opens it up and she finds that it's um, medicine. A small vial of medicine that she applies on her burnt... Because remember, scar- her whole... It's just... Is it one of the legs? I think it's one of the legs. I think it's her calf. Okay. I think it's on one um, of the legs. So it's one of the legs and both of her palms that are badly burnt. Right. I wonder what degree burn it is. Like... Probably, you know, severe. Second, so her leg I would was say. her leg was on fire. Yeah. So girl I, on fire is on fire. Um, <laughs> go ahead. 
And uh, while she's applying the medicine, she goes in for bed, all this girl and stuff. She thinks about, she looks down and she sees Peter sleeping on the ground. And she, like, thinks about Peter and his betrayal towards her. Right. And she, like, the idea makes her sick to her stomach. And she says the idea of Peter being crowned victor is unbearable. So, Which is complete turnaround, like exactly. 180 from she, she what still, she was when they went into the games. She was, like, trying to accept, like, okay, we, we're going to play this lover, lover, lover angle. Star, star-crossed lovers thing. Right. And then she thinks, oh, with him being Victor, it's unbearable. I can't do it. Right. So it's just. <laughs> what are you I'm doing? I'm sorry. It's screwed up. So I hate it. It's so embarrassing. Okay. So she, the sun rises and the career is not off yet. And so she goes back up to the branch and she starts sawing again. She gets sung a few times while she's sawing because the track of jackfruit is coming out of their nest. Coming out of their nest. And so she eventually cuts it down. She says the nest bursts open like an egg, and a furious swarm of tracker jackers takes to the air. So that um, automatically wakes up the careers, and um, they start heading down for the lake. Right. And the people that do not seem to make it are Glimmer, who's from District 1, and a girl. We know from, that now. And a girl from District 4. So she says, I watch Glimmer fall, twitch hysterically around on the ground for a few minutes, and then go still. So that's, um... So what do you think it actually physically happens from the tracker jackers that will kill you? Because hallucinations are part of it, the stings themselves swell. Obviously, it's a bee sting, so the little stinger goes into where they um, sting Where they attack, yeah. And so there has to be a type of poison that affects the entire body probably shuts, so if you get enough of it it probably shuts shut, down probably shuts down vital organs okay to the point where you go into say uh, like spaz attacks and then you eventually just collapse onto the ground okay and um that's probably the best thing and so glimmer has um glimmer dies which is really simple as that <laughs> wow glimmer dies okay anyway um <laughs> so kind of steals the bow and arrow from her well, you know what well, i'm saying that part that part is so Descriptive and so. Um, now this is the elaborate. first character that we know yes, that dies that, that dies. we have insight because, into. Okay, so Katniss is running away from the um, tree and she tried to go to her pond and she realizes Glimmer, the bow and arrow. So she goes back and she had this scene is really, I love it because she has to dig her hand into Glimmer's stomach and pull her over onto her back. And rip the bow from her shoulder blade. And it's really graphic, it's, this part. It had, this part, I don't know how they can do it in the movie. I think this is one of the most graphic parts. It is. Like, it's definitely in the top five. Because Glimmer has been so badly stung and everything, and it's just... And they talk her about green cat, pus. Her body's and, open and everything. Yeah. So, Katniss eventually obtains the bow and arrow. And um, while she's standing up, she sees... So Peter goes, oh, hey, Peter. Hey, so, what you doing? <laughs> he goes Boy, like, the bread. And he gets all serious. He goes, what are you doing here? You can't be here. And then in the distance, she sees Kato, like, with his sword coming in. Going after Kato. Uh, I was just about to say Kato. Was that English? You're like, after Kato. I was just about to say, come after Kato. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Combining my name with Kato. What is this? Katniss. And so Peter is, like, pushing her away, so you have to get out of here. You have to, and she's stumbling over all these branches. And so she, Peter eventually pushes her. And um, as she's running, she says, someone's screaming, a long, high-pitched scream that never breaks her breath. I have a vague idea it might be me. And so that's, like, how bad. And she starts having these hallucinations about, like, the trees are covered with blood and ants are crawling all over her. Well, I talk about that a little bit in mine. And she eventually falls into um, a small ditch. And the last thing she thinks about is that Peter Mellor just saved my life. And then the hallucinations, the ants consume her, and she blacks out. Wow. 
That's quite an ending. That was really. I talked really fast. <laughs> it's not a contest. So we, like, I mean, did, right did, now did, did. we're like you know thirty five minutes into this. So oh wow, we're just. I know. Simple through it. Yeah, well, like I don't know. That was a fast chapter. Like it was a short chapter. Yeah, it, I think it was more um, filler up until the very end. Yeah. I mean, probably the last two pages. I would say all that action happened. Um, yeah. Which. So yeah. Now. Take a breath, Matthew. Deep breaths. Oh, Maddie. <laughs> okay. You gonna intro me? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Kira, would you like to take away chapter fifteen? Sure, I will, Matthew. Um. <laughs> you sounded like Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind. Oh, I was I was going I was going for a um easy A thing there. Oh, so. a boy. A boy. This this boy is oh asking your hand in marriage. Oh, happy day. Oh, is it boy? A, a boy. boy. A boy. Stay on the Oh, my God. Yeah, that actually has to do with the Hunger Games in a way. So um, he, We watch him, he's hysterical. I've seen it like five times. And I don't yeah. like re-watching movies that many times unless they're like fandom movies. But Okay. Okay, so, chapter 15. I, I will go into chapter 15 here. Um, so that was Katniss, like a niche of a southern. Yeah, I like southern. I know it was good, huh? I'm distracted. All right, I'm, I love my accents. Um, okay, so chapter fifteen. Um, Katniss wakes up from the tracker jackers attacks a couple of times, and so some of the hallucinations she experiences from the venom um, are reliving her father's last moments and images of Prim dying in multiple ways. Okay. So if you can picture these. Like, what would be the worst thing she would experience? Probably these two things. Almost likely. So the hallucinations really target um, you... Your, your deepest fears. Right. It's like... And it brings down your morals and everything. Right. And so, can you guess what I'm going to Demen- relate this Demen- to? Demen- yes. Demen- um, you know, because we can't go an episode without a Harry Potter, you know, <laughs> relations here. So... Um, kind of relating this, I mean, they're different in more ways than similar, so I'm not saying anybody stole this from anything, but, um, I would say tracker jackers are kind of like Dementors because they show your deepest fears and everything, but if I had to face one, I'd rather face a Dementor than a tracker jacker, definitely, because Dementors can go away, but tracker jackers, Venom, stay with you and everything. What was that reference I made? I was talking to you about this. You mentioned, like, Dementors and... Oh, what were you talking it about? It was really good. Yeah, it was good. Oh, we should have wrote it down. I know. So, oh, um, that's Tracker Jacker. Tracker Jacker. Tracker Jacker. Um, Tracker Jackers and Dementors. What was it? And then it was another. Deep it was another the... book, wasn't it? That you related it to. Well, oh, let me relate it while you while you think. I'm gonna okay. talk because you don't. You're not gonna know what I say. Um, The Mortal Instruments is another series I'm deeply in love with. And um, Matt's going to start reading it tomorrow. And um, so something else that relates to this whole, like, fear and everything. Um, there's <gasps> I got something, it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Keep, keep saying it in your head over and over. Right. Um, there's something in the second book, which I'm not going to spoil for anything because I hate spoilers, um, that kind of relates to this. And that's when Clary's on the ship. And, um, yeah, so you can just guess what I'm thinking there. But anyway, so what, Matthew? Okay. What is so important? Okay. You know in... The last chapter where Katniss hears this high-pitched scream, and she can, yes. she doesn't know she's her. Third, Harry Potter movie. Dementor attacks That's Harry it. on the train. That, there hears, you go. He hears this woman screaming, and he thinks that it's his mother. Right. So, that's, that's it. Good. I, I, I remember Yeah. It. And how they're both um, screaming in and uh, fear. That, like, deepest fear. Yes. Exactly. Nice. Like in the connections. Yeah. We should have a whole segment for connections. Like. Uh, 
Hint, hint. Ooh. <laughs> so, wink, wink. <laughs> Um, okay, so through all this, Katniss is really sore, and it takes loads of effort just to stand up. And so she sips her water and figures it's been a day or two um, since she's been out, and a honeysuckle bush is near where she is, and the nectar brings, like, I guess the smell of the nectar brings her right back home to when Gail said, quote, we could do it, we could run away and live in the woods. Um, so, Matt... Yeah. You uh, want to answer this? Um, answer what? Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm about to tell you the question. That's why okay. I captured your attention. So, Matthew, do you think Katniss would have gone through with the um, running away with Gail? Oh, um. Oh. That's, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you, I, I, you act like you just ran him out. You're like, oh, you caught me at a bad moment here. <laughs> That's like a very thought-provoking question. Yes. Um. Oh, base. If she hadn't gone into the hunger and she hadn't met Peta, yes. If she wasn't so in the situation, so originally before she, she but, and was, and she didn't have someone to care about. She didn't have Prim with her because she would have flat out left her mother because she was right very irritated with her and her mother left her anyway. Yeah, so I she agree with that. If Gail would have proposed and Gail didn't have family, it was just the two of them. She would have said, "Sure, Gail, we'll do it. We'll live in the woods. We can go to District Thirteen and see what's there." Right. But in her current predicament, she is. She has Prim to care for. But what if they took their kids with them? Like, obviously you mean, I, I, I know you guys know I mean their siblings. But I feel like they could have just taken their siblings with them because Prim is only one person. And Gail, I believe, has th- three siblings. I think so. Um, the fan fiction I read had three, so I, I think okay. that's right. Um, yeah. So I feel like with four kids, I, I feel like it would be doable. And... They could just live in the woods. Obviously, they, they have the skills. They have the teamwork together. And they have the love for their siblings. And I feel like it would have worked. Like, I don't understand as a character why she didn't go through with it. I mean, obviously, then all the books wouldn't have well, taken place. Well, you have place. to think because I don't think Prim is very capable of living in the woods or, like, I think she would adapt. I mean, that's part of human nature that you're going to adapt to your surroundings. And anything that kind of is thrown at you, you are in survival mode at that point And... You know, I'm learning all about all this kind of stuff in psychology. That's why I'm bringing it up. You know, I sound so smart. <laughs> like, that's why I'm bringing <laughs> yes. it up. <laughs> oh, yes. um, right, fine. Yeah. Okay. Fine. That was a question. You have to answer. Wait. What? I said. I said. That, I said if she wasn't in her situation right. right now, she was. God, Carrie, you all need right. to listen to me. I try. I try. Okay. We're veering off course. Okay. So again, <laughs> she's like, thinking. Okay. 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 Um, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Um, so Peta, no, Katniss thinks of Peta saving her life, as Matt had said before. That's what she thought about before she passed out. And she asked herself, quote, was he still playing the lover boy angle? And obviously this is something, am I boring you? <laughs> um, he's yawning if you can't hear him. Um, stop doing that. I'm sorry. Um, so obviously she struggles with this, the whole book, hint, the whole series as well. And, yeah, so we got to stop blinking. It's just (laughs) awkward. This is not a video podcast. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. What What the hell are you talking about video podcast? Yeah, there's some video, you didn't know there was video podcast out there? No, it's a video cast, I thought. No, it's video podcast. Okay, sorry. Anyway, I think I'm, I'm the expert on podcasts here. I've been, I'm a long time podcast listener. Anyway, um, I feel like there was supposed to be a question here, but, um, all right. So, Katniss focuses on the bow and arrow she now has. Woo! She has that now. 
Um, so she kind of starts adapting to it and practices a few shots, saying the bow is more similar to the one in the training center than her original one back at home. And she compares her weight to that of when her father died, skinnier than ever. So this is definitely a low point in her life, if you can um, <laughs> say that lightly. And um, so Katniss also tends to her wounds, thinking of how her mother would know what to do. And so I thought this was important that um, Collins put this in here because it showcases her mother's talents and that her mom isn't just um, a wimp, if I can say that, um, and that she does have talents and she does have a strong suit and there are um, good, um, what can I say, aspects about her. And um, then Katniss goes on. Did, did you want to add to that or? No, okay. Um so then Katniss um, talks about how she isn't at her best state. She isn't as agile because her joints are sore. Um, she does some housekeeping kind of things, such as shooting a rabbit, taking a bath in the stream, eats a cracker, some beef, rebraids her hair, and tends to the wounds and all that. Um, she also easily takes out a strange wild turkey about the size of a chicken and builds a small fire for eating the meat. And at this point, um, she doesn't really care. Like, it alerts people because she's so hungry. She just, she needs to refuel herself. So this is where things change a little bit. And um, Rue appears, and Katniss almost shoots her out of surprise. Um, and so this is where they kind of start talking about the alliances. And Katniss describes Rue as moving through the woods like a shadow, which I really like that quote don't you like they can't hear you nod yes <laughs> um yeah so i like how they kind of describe her they can't hear me nod yeah they can't hear you nod because you nod and because <laughs> you haven't been talking for the past like three minutes so um well you're friends anyway so it's okay i know um okay so oh yeah i was talking about how i like this quote um i think it definitely describes Rue as being more sly than Katniss in the way okay. that she moves, not necessarily in her mind. I right. think Foxface is more of that sly, cunning um, kind of thing. But Foxface is also smart. But I'm okay. I'm sorry. Jackie, I'm we love Jack. you. Rue, Rue. Okay. <laughs> yes, love you, Jackie. Um, okay. So Katniss brings up the point. Quote: You know they aren't the only ones to form an alliance. And so that's kind of um, Katniss's. Why do you keep hinting at things? What are you hinting at? It's like join an alliance for what? Katniss and Rue. Yes, that's what I'm referring to. What are you referring to? (laughs) I'm saying that's like her way of saying let's be an alliance. Yes, I was just you cut me off saying that actually. (laughs) It's okay though because I talk too much. This is really embarrassing. Um, great episode (laughs) so far here. Um, so yeah, Katniss says. She wanted you that screw it on. So yeah, he she that's her way of saying, Do you wanna have an alliance? You know, that's her um sneaky way of doing it. So Rue, of course, says, Why not? Let's do it. And not direct quote there, but you know, that's the idea. And so Rue helps her stings, her, the tracker jacker stings, with certain leaves by chewing on them and spitting out a wad. Um so um Katniss talks about how it's instant relief. <laughs> And this was, like, a funny part of the book, because she can't stop going, ooh, ah, that feels so good. Like, you know, going on and on. And, like, she's like, it's embarrassing, but I just, I can't help myself. And, um, anyway, so this is another trait that Rue shares with Prim, the whole healing aspect. Right. 
And that's, so that's what makes them so similar. Right. So that brings up that. the point that what is Colin's purpose in having the two so similar? I mean, there's not much that differs them. I think it's um, Colin's attempt to like, because Katniss needs to form an alliance. She can't survive on this on her own. So as she, much as she'd like to. She needs someone that she can put her trust in and someone that she can rely on. And if Rue is exactly like Prim, Prim Rue reminds her of Prim. She's it's kind of a sign that exact, it's okay. That it's like, okay, I can trust Rue because she's so much like Prim. She has such these qualities like Prim. She she reminds me of my little sister who I love with all of my heart in a sense. Now, if you're, because most books, I'd say this book does a pretty good job of it, um, of saying if you kind of have a passage about a character, that you could tell what character it was without naming them. Correct? Do you kind of agree with that? Um, you're nodding. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, now, having, obviously, characters have to differ. They have to have different opinions, different styles, and all that. That's what makes the book, the, you know, differing opinions and all that. So, now, these two characters, in my eyes, are, I think, one character. Like, Ooh, that, that's confusing. Prim? Yes. I don't want to say, like, one character. Obviously, they're two different people. No, but I they're the same type of personalities. They, everything about them is the same except for where they grew up, and that influences them a little bit, but not too much. Right. So I'm just kind of like, why wouldn't Susan Collins kind of put more of a difference between them to kind of distinguish them? I mean, I suppose if you had to say, Rue is definitely stronger than Prim in the sense of survival, but not by much, because she has the healing, not powers, but healing abilities and all that, same as Prim, and... um. I guess, as you said, it's kind of a sign that it's okay to um, align with her. Is that a word? Align? Can, is that make sense? Word. Align? Okay. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I'll stop ranting about Rue and start telling you some information about her. So, we learn more about other parts of Panem in this chapter, um, such as District 11. And so, we learn that District 11 doesn't get much food, not even the crops they pick. So if you pick a crop, you don't get to just bring it home. Um, and if you do, you get whipped. So this is a lot more intense than District 12. Yes. And Katniss has always said that District 12, she kind of gives the impression, I don't want to say said, but she gives the impression that District 12 is one of the harsher ones, which I think it is. But there are a lot of aspects about it that are kind of differ that and that it's not strict because of that. And um, one of those is how Katniss says she could be whipped every day for hunting, but officials buy the meat she eats so they don't, so, so that she doesn't get whipped because she's feeding the peacekeepers that would have to whip her. Exactly. So that's kind of the world they're in. And so um, Rue <laughs> Rue has a quote here saying, I never had a whole leg to myself before. And so Katniss gives her another, and this is referring back to how the Katniss leg. was... This is going back to the turkey leg, you can't just The wild leg. turkey. Yes. Um, I was getting there. Um, and so, going back to District 11, um, Rue talks about how... Um, oh, wait, this is out of order. I always get confused at this part. Um, okay, so Rue spots the sunglasses in Katniss's orange backpack and informs her they're night glasses. Ooh. And that she can see in complete darkness with them. And that the careers have two pairs of them. Um, so Rue is very informational and definitely helps out on this aspect. I keep saying, have I said aspect a lot? 
I've been paying I feel attention, like, okay. I guess you are. <laughs> I just, I feel like that's the fifth time I've said it. I don't know. Ask me, um, ask me, ask Yeah, me. whatever. Um, <laughs> so, and then Rue brings up the point that she uses them in District 11 so that they can pick crops at night, so that they can see. They're kind of, their night vision kind of, like uh, in our world, like, we have um, those, like, little kid ones, you know what I mean? Like, and you put them on and it's all green. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is the more sophisticated version. And, this um, kind of brings back how futuristic this book is. Right. And, like, they have these technologies, the hovercraft and the... They have all these technologies, but yet the average not... citizen is poor and mm-hmm. is way less than the technology and we these use these are today. goggles. These are sunglasses. Right. So I think the amount of technology created to make those types of sunglasses... Yeah, I, like, when I pictured them, I pictured, like, kind of, like, those the real 3D glasses. Oh, no, I pictured the ones that, then... like, black, you know, those square black ones, like, you know what I'm talking about? I think those so, Those kind of, yeah. like, nerdy ones. Yeah, 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 like, I know those. those. those like, mm. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, yeah, but I kind of pictured them, yeah, like, sunglasses, whatever, and, um, but you'd be able to, like, zoom in and, like, tweak it and, like, all this cool stuff with, like, your eyes power, yeah. and, um... So, Rue brings up that they killed a boy on the spot for stealing a pair of these. He must, he, like, put them in his pocket, um, like, instead of putting them back in the bucket or whatever. And so, Katniss starts to be grateful. And this is the first time in the book, I believe, we're seeing her be grateful for anything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't want to totally pick on her, but I kind of have to. Because she does, I mean, I don't want to say she has a good life, but she has a decent life. For the world that she's living in. She's fed, she's, she has an education, she has moral support through Gail, you know, obviously it changes now that she's in the games, but before this, just kind of her average life, it was pretty good for, um, a citizen of District 12. Yeah? You're nodding. Yes! <laughs> and, so, <laughs> how would Katniss's life differ if she lived in a more government-controlled environment, such as District 12? Well, obviously 11? she wouldn't be able to hunt. Simple as that. Yes. Um, uh, so how would was... she be able to provide for her family if she's still the main exactly. provider? Exactly. So it was like in the same situation when her father died. She, I don't know what she'd do, because she can't hunt, and she'd have to go work in the mines. To be honest, probably. Yeah. That's like what that's what she do. She'd be doing even though she'd hate it. And admire that's her pro- that her would father. probably be even more stressful for her than going in the games. I feel, or maybe even, because that's where her dad died, and it's um. I think it's very emotional for her. Um, yes. Even when, was it in this book, this is not a spoiler at all, this is a very um, minimal fact, that when she's going through a tunnel, I think that's this is in the beginning of this book, Hunger Games, where she goes through a tunnel and she's like, uh, she gets kind of, I don't want to say claustrophobic, but something like that because she's there's no daylight, she's underground, and that right. was, it's yeah. In the, it's, in the, it's on the, when they're on the train going through the mountain. Yes. Um, and so you can just imagine how stressful it would be to go into the mines where her father had perished. Um, so, uh, so moving on, Katniss tells Rue that she can share the sleeping bag with her because obviously it gets very cold at night. And so Katniss and Rue kind of, you know, do a little girl talk here. And, uh, after kind of counting that there's 10 tributes left, they start talking about boys. And boys, so, boys, boys, boys. <laughs> so Rue tells Katniss, or sorry, Katniss tells Rue about Peta saving her, um, back in Matt's chapter. And so they continue to discuss Peta's love for Katniss as an act. However, Rue believes it's real. So if Rue says it, I'm going to believe it. Um, She's a 12 year old girl. She knows her stuff. Okay. 
Let's get some sarcasm, by the way, if you can't tell. Let's let's do this, honey. All right. So, uh, Ruth's 12 years old. Year, she's so in this attempt. She's trying to make Katniss feel better. Ty, I think, like, no, Peter's never going to betray you. Peter loves you. But also, she's 12 years old. She's younger. She, like... It's I funny their younger, roles in this. Younger kids point out such obvious things, but have a deeper meaning behind them. Ruth mm-hmm. can see it. The signs are there. But she can see that she can see it in his emotions and everything because she's younger. She's she's younger. She has like a better perception of the world. She thinks the world is such a better place. And so she doesn't overanalyze. She things. doesn't overanalyze it, so she thinks point blank, he loves you because of the way he's it's acting. It's black and white. Because of what he's doing. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't have come back. And he wouldn't have saved you these multiple times. Yeah. And so, it's it's just. And I think it does show that. Rue is mature in this sense that she may not be physically mature, but um, I would say emotionally she is. Yes. And she does have, um, she's smart. She's not insanely smart, but um, I think, you know, she's she's quite mature for her age mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. And so we end the chapter with, I believe it was Katniss, introducing a plan to get the careers rid of their food, their supply, um, because that would be a more even playing ground for them. Um, and that's where we end through Eyes Cat and Good job, Kira. So you too, Matt. Oh, a little round God, of applause here. So, all right, that's pretty good. Yeah, excellent. So, um, do you want me to intro this? Yes, please. Okay. Well, today we have a fan fiction for you, and this is for our segment, fanfic followers. And this is where we recommend a Hunger Games fan fiction. And the fan fiction this week is called "Punished in the Light" by our very own Matthew Cannon. Um, yeah just okay um so this is an excerpt that takes place before the hunger games in the training center um between who else but kato and chloe can i just say okay i know Candace and peter are the main relationship here but i think there's other love even though even though this isn't established the kato and chloe relationship i think it just really attracts me like i love it so much it's the if forbidden it's, love. Even if it's so brief, it's just like I think about it a lot. And so it's like I was trying to think. I'm sitting in my room and I'm like, okay, I have to get this down on something. Uh-huh. Like so, I just sat down and I wrote it. Banged because, it out, yeah. Okay. <laughs> People say that you bang out a letter. Like, okay, my it's mom so. says that. I don't know. She just said that a couple hours ago. Like, so, so this is from Cato's point of view. And it's probably, like, it's just, this is not, like, a preface or anything. It's just, like, a section of what Kira and I were thinking about writing something with Kato and Chloe. I can't write. You can write. I you can I supply the hear idea. The, hear the ideas. Yeah. So, um, Kira will be reading Chloe's lines. And so, I'll post this under the excerpt, this excerpt under uh, District 11 Fanfic Followers. Which is still our original website. Uh, yes. If you guys like it and you want us to uh, go forth and write this whole fanfiction... I don't think it'll be too long. Couple but chapters. Yeah, maybe, if you kinda. if you guys feel that this is good enough, then um we'll go on. We'll continue. So right. here we go. This is uh from Kato's point of view. I stood outside her door, my hand forming into a fist, holding it slightly away, hesitating before I knocked. The memories began to flood in my mind, of the times I shared with her, the only person this in this entire world that understood my pain, my suffering, my love. This was her. This was my clove, the one that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. But in the end, as reality had forced us together into these hungry games, where the end result would be her death. 
I prayed every night before we left that I wouldn't be the one to kill her. I can never bear the guilt of seeing Clove collapse in my arms due to my own selfishness. No, it can't be me. It won't be me. I will make sure of it. But that's not important right now. What only, what only matters is that it's our last night together before we're thrown into a pit of wild animals. The last night I can tell her how I truly feel. The last night I can truly love her without the presence of cameras, without the entire nation of Panem watching her every move. She never minded it much. She found it quite amusing to have the cameras surrounding her. But for some odd reason, I was never fond of the idea and have resented it from the beginning. Sure, I put on a show for the camera. It's what we're supposed to do. Make it realistic, as my coach called it back home. But here, right now, this is the reality that I gaze upon. The girl, no, woman, behind this door is my life. She's the only being on this planet that makes me smile. Makes me feel wanted for more than just physical ability. It's as if I can break away from what people always desire me to be and instead transform or actually return into my own being. I shook my head, clearing those thoughts away and focusing my attention towards the moments that were composed of this night, last night of freedom. My knuckles gently tapped the door, echoing slightly throughout the hallway. Clove opens today a few minutes. She never ceases to amaze me. Her hair is completely down, and her eyes, those soft brown eyes, focus on me, and a smile rises from our gaze. Hi, Kato. Even her voice brings me to my knees. Hi, Clove. I walk into her room in a daze. I don't pay much attention to what it looks like since, as of now, Clove is the only thing that concerns me. She shuts the door, locking it carefully, and sitting down on the bed, throwing a box of tissues onto the ground. I sit beside her, my arm wrapping around her, cuddling her as more tears begin to fall. Kato, what if we don't make it? Her words punch me across the face. Don't you ever say that, Clove. It's going to be you and me, I promise. How can you promise such a thing? You're keeping me alive, you know. I wanted to live through I want I wouldn't want to live through this with anyone but you. But one of us will have to die. Then let's certainly hope we don't have to kill each other. This isn't funny, Kato. I'm not trying to be funny. I know how it feels, and I don't want to lose someone I love. The word love makes her look up at me. It lingers there between us. That word that never seems to part. She whispers softly in my ear. Do you love me? It doesn't take me more than a second to respond. More than anything. She pulls away to gaze at me, our eyes meeting again, but only for a moment until I press my lips against hers. There's this feeling inside of me, something I'd never felt before with kissing other girls, a feeling that pulls me into her and holding her close. Our kissing doesn't break, break apart, and my thoughts finally begin to fit the pieces together. The last night, the last word, the last kiss, the last clove. I will never admit she's going to die, because if she does, I am following her shortly after. Nice, Matt. So that's nice. That's a section. That's so of, good. I'm so jealous of writers and authors. Honestly, I honestly, know. you're amazing, and uh, I suck. So well, well, I'm flattered. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's just a section of punished in the light. I actually came up with the idea right before we started for the name. Mm-hmm. So, because it kind of makes sense, they're punished in like, because in their lifestyle, it's sort of like a freedom. It day. is a good name. You always come up with good names. Why do I even bother naming the segments? You make me fluster. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh, you play out of me. 
Oh, busted and blushing. Okay. Well, Matt's the star of the show today. Oh, God. I know. So, I just talk so much. Yeah, I know. It's good, so you know? Stressful. It's a good change. Right. So, um, this is moving on now to our final segment. Yes. And nice. we're actually over an hour at this point. Should we really? Yeah. Okay. Well, no swearing, oh, mister. I'm sorry. All right. So, this is Matt's Maddie's music, which the name will change if you guys come up with something good. Um, which you will. Every podcast episode, I'll play a song by a well-known artist or a Hunger Games fan-made song. Connects to the novel based on chapter discussion, blah, 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 blah. This week, I have selected Peter Pan, which Woo! is by Jackie Emerson, who is our fox face. We got permission directly from Jackie so that we could feature her song. So We asked her on her um, a private YouTube like message or something, and she responded back. She's like, permission granted. I was like, ah, no way. So, so. If, um, th- if you're listening, Jackie, thank you so much for playing the song for us, for letting us play the song. So... Um, remember, you guys can submit your own songs uh, by s- tweeting us at NightlockPod or sending an email to us at NightlockPodcast at gmail.com. And um, this will be under my District 9 tab. So, here we go. It's not, it's not buffering. Um, that's probably so all. So that's a portion of the song. And um, you can find, obviously, the song um, on her official YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, relating this back to the, um, the Hunger Games. Um, we said it related more to Prim. That's yeah, what we so agreed on. We talked about how, um, obviously, this could be for Katniss, but I feel like it's more for Prim because... Prim has to let go of her childhood, and we see her let go of her childhood. Um, and and, and foreshadowing the future books? Yeah. So, um, at the beginning of The Hunger Games, we see how Prim goes from, you know, just being a child into being in the reaping and kind of being considered as, as a teenager at this point and having to deal with real-world issues such as being in the Hunger Games. And when she gets chosen um, at the reaping, she's then, you know, has to face that. Uh, Of course, Katniss comes to her aid, but she has to let go of kind of the nursery rhymes we left on land and all that. And also um, in her main, um, in Jackie's, um, uh, what do you call that, chorus, um, there's a quote, um, I'm not like Peter Pan, I can't live forever in a Neverland, that Prim can't just... Um, go forever just not addressing reality. And so we see that, um, you know, I think as the series goes, she gets more mature and she kind of steps up more. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want me to play it again? 
Or is, is it full or? I don't know. I just wanted to try it again. I do don't know. I mean, yeah, see if it loads while we time? talk. Do you want to like? What do you mean? Do I figure I'll go over? Um. Yeah, we are kind of late. I don't know. I don't. I can just whatever. See. I mean, we played a portion, so. All right. Okay, um, you can just keep talking about plugs. So yeah, so wrapping up the show here, it was a good episode. Yeah, um, so as always, you can visit HungerGamesMovie.org and HGGirlOnFire.com for news on the Hunger Games series and movie. And you can also now visit them for um, the interview, um, which is up hopefully on their site by now. And um, so yeah, check them out. Um, also, episodes will be released on the second and fourth Sunday of the month, as we've said before. So our next episode is the 27th of November. Um, unless the trailer comes out, then a joint episode would be at the Saturday after the trailer is released. With, it will be with Rebellion Radio. Rebellion Radio. So Hurley and his crew. Hurley, Alex, Elena, and April. I'll just say all that. Okay. Because they're all awesome. Um, so, wanna, yeah. Do you want to talk about um, April? Oh, no, we could, like, say okay. that. We'll say it on the next episode. Oh, okay. Um, that'll be an exciting <laughs> That's announcement. That's another surprise you guys are waiting for. Yeah, there's totally so many surprises on the show. You know, we just keep banging them out. <laughs> um, again, you can email us at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com. And if you do one thing for us, as I always end the show with, please write us a review on iTunes. Um, we're, you know, getting our numbers up. And um, we didn't have the Mocking Mayo segment today. I think we did intro that we were going to have it, and we didn't. No, I skipped it. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. good job. Yeah. Getting better. Um, yeah, so we'll probably have the Mocking Mayo segment next episode, and we'll read the new reviews on iTunes, I guess, and um, any emails you send in, that good stuff. So like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe us on iTunes. And you can find all those links on our website, nightlock.weebly.com. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will see you next time. Bye.